Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. <laughs> How? How do you know you're hearing up on Capitol Hill if you're a Democrat is an apocalyptic abomination like the Mueller hearing disaster? How do you know, Joe? You know when the Republican representatives start ceding their time to the chair and don't even ask questions at the end. Uh, Sir, do you have any more questions? I'm ceding my time to the chair. No, we're good. Thank you. Guys sitting there. Hold on. Guys eating a French fry. You have any questions? Uh, no, no, I'm good. Yeah, turn it over to Nadler and Shifty. I'm good. This is great. Just keep it going. <laughs> what? What a disaster. Jeez. You heard Louise. part one yesterday. Oh, what a mess. Welcome to the Dan Bongino oh. Show. Producer Joe must get this in. How are you today? I am doing well here. Just observing this train wreck right along with you. Oh, my oh, gosh. Was it a train wreck? <laughs> I mean, listen, if uh, folks, uh, you know, uh, if I, can I, Joe, for a moment again? I know yes, self praise stinks. I know, <laughs> but can I just? T- I predicted this. Yeah, yeah. I told you, did I, Joe? How many times did we say on this show? Let me give you the quotes. Dan Bongino, the Mueller thing will be a golden opportunity <laughs> for Republicans. Dan Bongino, this will be a disaster for the Democrats. Oh. I warned you. I warned the Democrats repeatedly. This was going to blow up in yeah. your face. And it, I mean, I have rarely in my 44 years oh. on this planet seen a fiasco like I saw yesterday so implode. Folks, I, I've got some video on that. I've got the John Solomon story. Uh, I've got an update on the NYPD story. We've got a stack show. All I, right, let me get into I it today. I said that, by the way, about 114 times I've been thinking about it. I think, uh, didn't we? I think it's 114. I, I was not kidding. It was not like me playing triple reverse no, psychology like Democrats. It's going to be a disaster. Don't do it. I meant it. It was going to be a disaster. And sure enough, Joe, we were right. Again, all of our all predictions right. come true. Yeah. All right. Today's show brought to you by my favorite dog food company, Ollie. Ollie. I'm going to call it dog. It's almost like Cuban food for dog. It's so good that you can eat this stuff, Ollie. It's that good. I'm not kidding. I wouldn't you be can surprised. eat this stuff. It is that good. Ollie, folks, your dog's health is as important is every other member of your family and it starts with the food you feed them. But how do you know what's in your dog's food? You don't want this processed garbage. Mm. Ollie puts dogs first with vet formulated recipes and fully transparent ingredients to give your dog the healthiest, freshest, greatest tasting food possible. Ollie makes fresh meals for dogs with real ingredients that I'm not kidding. People can eat and it delivers them to you on a regular schedule. The Ollie beat out store-bought dog food at 10 to 1 on the palability scale. I'll bet on the human scale it was more than that, too, because they create customized, vet-formulated recipes made with all natural ingredients, no preservatives, and sourced from U.S. family farms. Go to myollie.com. MyOlly.com. Answer a few questions about your dog and they'll customize recipes for you. Ship them right to you. They'll look at that. Look at that, Joe. For those on the Aww. YouTube, that is our adopted dog, the baby boy. The beautiful, glorious baby boy. He's a morky. We love the baby. Look at the baby boy. Joe, you know how old the baby boy is? The baby boy is 11 years old. But wow, because Baby good. Boy eats Ollie, look at that dog, right? Looks yeah. sharp, doesn't he? Yeah, looks man. like the Elvis of dogs. <laughs> That's why, because of Ollie. Ain't he looks like Joe. Dog. Joe's the Elvis of radio producers. <laughs> the Baby Boy's the Elvis of dogs. Folks, Ollie is offering an astonishing 60% <laughs> off your first box, plus a free bag of treats at my. Ollie.com slash try slash Bongino. 
That's myolly.com slash try slash Bongino. 60% off plus a free bag of treats. Myolly.com slash try slash Bongino. Give your pup the best food out there. All right. Baby boy making an appearance. Okay, yeah. let's go. All right, I missed that one totally. So showing you what an apocalyptic disaster this was. Again, when you're seating time now, we're not even going to ask a question. <laughs> Thank you. We're going to send it back to the chair. It's over, Johnny. It's over. Here is MSNBC yesterday summing up quite nicely what a cosmic disaster this hearing was. Play the first cut. I have to say that far from breathing life into the report, he kind of sucked the life out of the report. Out of the report. I thought he was uh, boring. I thought in some cases he was uh, sort of evasive. He didn't want to explain or expand on his rationale. Um, he seemed lost at times. He was kind of uh, flipping through the report, trying to find passages that members of Congress were reading to him. I thought it, I thought it slowed things down, and I thought it really was in a very ineffective defense of his own work. I don't think, by the way, he had to go after anybody or seem partisan or seem like he was doing anything more than a professional prosecutor would do, which would cle was clearly and succinctly explain the evidence, explain the law, and show some passion, show some sense that the president's conduct here was concerning, that it, that it violated some sense of what the Constitution says a president should do. So I, I fear that this hearing set back efforts to hold the president accountable for what the president did and also hold ultimately Russia accountable for what they did. What? <laughs> what? You, what? You're, do you remember, uh, that, what, what is the, 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 the movie, um, the, with the bachelor party movie where they go to Vegas, the, uh, bro, the guy from, uh, with Lady Gaga, Brad, whatever name is it. What's it called? Hangover, hangover, the hangover yeah. where the crazy brother-in-law, he's laughing and he's holding it. <laughs> and he's like, you remember that scene? That, that, is, that was me listening to this. This is MSDNC, a full-time operative arm of the Democrat Party, MSDNC, where the analyst on this guy, Jeremy Bash, and listen, thumbs up, brother. Good for you for being honest. Talking about what a cosmic, intergalactic disaster this thing was for Mueller. Folks. I don't, you know, I don't like ranty type shows because I like it to be informative, but I want to be clear on this. There's a reason I'm broadcasting this over two days because as Andrew Breitbart once said, you know, politics is downstream of the culture. The culture right now is the media. We live in a 24 hour news cycle that dictates the narrative of the day. Bob Mueller could have knocked it out of the park yesterday. And if MSDNC says it stunk, then it sucked. End of story. What's making this even worse, Joe, <laughs> is Mueller didn't hit it out of the park. No. He totally face-planted in an apocalyptic fashion. And even MSDNC has had to admit to their people changing the culture. The politics is all downstream. Impeachment is now dead. Dead as a, I mean, dead as a doornail. Yep. It is over. Now, in case you thought, well... What is his name? Jeremy Bash or whatever on MSDNC. That's an isolated incident. Uh, not so much. Here's Chuck Todd, noted liberal activist pretending to be a journalist. Here's Chuck Todd admitting the optics of this are awful. But wait, before we get to it, remember, politics is what, right? Politics is sound bites mm -hmm. and snapshots. Yep. Those two things. Yep. It is pictures and sound bites. That's all politics is. 
So Chuck Todd knows what he's talking about, about optics. Here's Chuck Todd. Because they were looking for this dramatic moment that would capture the imagination. And I think for those members of the remember, House Judiciary Committee Democrats do believe they should start impeachment. The lack, if that's what Bob Mueller thought was needed to done, needed to be done. He didn't do anything today to help advance that cause. If he believes that is where this should head. Folks, I mean, it's it's over, okay? Politics is downstream of the culture. The media is embodied in the culture. We're in a 24-hour saturation news cycle where you can rapidly change the zeitgeist of the day quickly. Mm. You don't need to have a transcontinental railroad transport a message from, you know, California territory to New York anymore. This whole impeachment thing just died in three hours yesterday on Capitol Hill. And the media is now being forced to acknowledge it. I cannot emphasize enough. When you go to a Republican congressman who has his moment in the sun in front of what, Joe? Probably 50 million people yeah, combined probably. when this is done. Yeah. Social, I mean, I'm guessing. When you go to him and he's doing this. <laughs> oh, oh, hold on. I'm clipping my nail. When he's clipping his nails on TV mm-hmm. and he doesn't even want to ask a question. Uh, rest assured, your hearing was a total disaster. Yeah, so like, who ordered the pepperoni? Yeah, uh, here it is. You know, it's- <laughs> Down here, to the left. Oh, Nunes, that's you? Pepperoni. Can I get a slice of that? You're right. Who's got the onion? That was bad, Radcliffe is a, you're right. They're sitting there ordering like DoorDash. Everybody, DoorDash, our sponsor. Door, DoorDash is here. DoorDash has the Chipotle. <laughs> That was so bad. Oh, my gosh. I have never seen an implosion like that now. Uh, Paula was kind enough to put some quotes on the screen. Don't worry. I'll read them for you. Here are some quotes from other Democrats and leftists in case you think, and this is all just made up. I'm not going to read them all, but here's ABC News' Terry Moran. Impeachment's over. I don't think Pelosi's going to stand for the members bringing forth something that is going to obviously lose in the Senate. Lose with the American public. Obviously, it's going to lose the American public because politics is downstream of the culture. Here's J.D. Durkin from Cheddar, whatever that is. Mueller has told multiple Democrats that he doesn't agree with how they're characterizing part of their arguments on things like obstruction and the framing of the Trump Tower meeting. Ooh, oh, liver shot, liver ow, shot. Ow. CNN's Marshall Cohen, another guy all in on the co- co- collusion hoax for a long time. Mueller's style deprived Democrats of the made-for-TV moments they hoped to create. Possibly moving the needle on impeachment. And believe me, he doesn't mean moving it in the impeachment direction. Uh, Finally, I'll go to Jake Tapper. Uh, You know, I like Jake. Jake's a friend of mine. So, But this is his line. There were also times when it seemed like he was unfamiliar with parts of the investigation, like he didn't seem familiar with the name Fusion GPS, which we played (laughs) on yesterday's show. Enough of that. You have Harsani and others. You can check it out on YouTube if you want to see them all on the YouTube channel. Um, Folks, I'm I'm really, I can't express to you enough how bad it was. All right, let's get to the actual hearing um, because, again, I could go on all day about how awful this (laughs) water, the pepperoni. That's that's classic. (laughs) Now, when we get off the air yesterday, we did yesterday's show. Please listen to this as a two-parter, by the way, because they go together. I'd said to you in the beginning of yesterday's show that Mueller had now changed his story for the third time in the OLC guidelines. The OLC guidelines say that the, the you can't indict a sitting president. Mueller first said, no, that didn't factor into my decision to not indict the president. Then he said it did. Then he said it didn't. Then he tried to say yesterday again that it did. And then by the time we had finished recording the show, 
Mueller had already changed his story again for the fourth time in the OLC guidelines. Here's Bob Mueller explaining, just to be clear what he's saying, that because the OLC guidelines say you can't indict a president, that that isn't why he didn't indict the president. That's why he didn't come to a conclusion, which is like, seriously, his 10th version of events. But it's not what the Democrats are telling you. Play the cut. I want to add one correction to my testimony this morning. I want to go back to one thing that was said this morning by Mr. Liu, who said, and I quote, you didn't charge the president because of the OLC opinion. That is not the correct way to say it. As we say in the report, and as I said at the opening, we did not reach a determination as to whether the president committed a crime. Hmm. Oh, (laughs) I don't even know how many different versions of the story we've now heard from Mueller. I can tell you that's the fourth time he's changed his mind, Mm -hmm. but that is not the fourth iteration. That is now, and let me just go through quickly how, and I'm I'm Joe, I'm being delicate. You and I spoke a little bit after the show. Again, the golden rule of radio is never talked about, but I don't care. I hate golden rules. I throw them all out. Um, Joe and I both are being sensitive to this. And I I got a lot of emails from people who are saying, don't be sensitive to my, folks, I am. I don't want to turn into a a, a lunatic Democrat. I'm sorry. Uh, Right. Um, I don't. I appreciate your feedback. I sincerely mean that. But a lot of the emails were, just go after them. Don't caveat anything. Listen, people do good and bad things in their lives, okay? Mueller clearly did some very honorable things, and he's clearly done some very dishonorable things, including running an incredibly dishonorable investigation. But I'd be lying to you if I said, and I didn't agree with Joe yesterday, that what was one of the saddest things I've ever seen. Mm. I'm not kidding, folks. I took no joy in that. I know we can be rough and kind of go at it, and we got kind of a different style on the show. I get that. And I appreciate some of you like it, but I really, I am not kidding. I, I know Joe felt the same way. Cause like I said, after the show, we kind of chatted for a few minutes. There was no enjoyment in that at all. Nope. Watching what appeared to be a broken man who had no grasp of his own investigation, stumble and fumble through a political sideshow set up by conspiracy theory, tinfoil hat wearing Democrats. I got no joy out of that. None. No. You know, I believe in the new rules. We got to fight back. And man, we did yesterday. And God bless the GOP reps for doing a fantastic job. But watching Bob Mueller now change his story for probably the 10th time and the fourth time in just the last month is just deeply disturbing. Oh, well, I would have indicted the president, but the OLC guidelines got in the way. Did they get in the way, the OLC guidelines? Bob, Bill Barr asked him. No, they didn't. Then he puts out a statement. I would have indicted him, but the OLC guidelines got away. You just said the opposite. And then he corrects himself right after the break. All right, I'm done with this because the OLC thing is dead. And your liberal friends that tell you that are making a silly, ridiculous point. He did not indict the president because he didn't have the evidence. End of story. Put that thing to bed. I heard Juan Williams on the five still litigating this. Uh Let it go, Juan. It's over. I'm sorry. Okay, here is one of the finest clips of the day, because I do got a lot of other news to get to. Um, and this Miss Sud story Solomon has is just mind-blowing. Should let you know you didn't waste any of your time on the show, right? Matt Gates, excellent Republican congressman from Florida. We start out a little rough, Gates and I, I got to tell you. Uh, uh, but I'm this guy I'm really starting to like a lot. <laughs> Gates just like, I mean, like, there you go. I got to back Southport up. Oh, man. Every time he just fillets it up there. I was in the barber shop listening to this on my phone yesterday. I'm like, go get him, dude. This is awesome. It was cool. Gates questions Mueller on this. If Mueller's 
if 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 his overarching uh, edict going forward was investigate Russians colluding in the election, in the election, that's what it was, right? Gates brings up this fascinating point that if there's only two possible scenarios with regard to the Steele dossier, and I want you to listen to this cut, either one, Christopher Steele got information from Russians. To interfere with our election, right, Joe? That's mm-hmm. option one. Christopher one. Steele and his dossier was correct. correct. He got the info from Russians. Mm-hmm. How do we know that? Because Christopher Steele said he got it from Russians, and the Russians interfered with our election. Option one. Option two is that Christopher Steele lied, never spoke to Russians, or the Russians lied to him, and this has been a disinformation campaign the entire time, and Mueller and his team fell for it. Gates nails it in this cut. Director Mueller, can you state with confidence that the Steele dossier was not part of Russia's disinformation campaign? No, I, I said it in, the, uh, in my opening statement. I, the, that uh, part of the uh, building of the case was predated me and by at least 10 months. Yeah, I mean, Paul Manafort's alleged uh, crimes regarding tax evasion predated you. You had no problem charging them. And matter of fact, it, 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 this Steele dossier predated the attorney general, and he didn't have any problem answering the question. When Senator Cornyn asked the attorney general the exact question I asked you, director, the attorney general said, and I'm quoting, no, I can't state that with confidence. And that's one of the areas I'm reviewing. I'm concerned about it, and I don't think it's entirely speculative. Now, if something is not entirely speculative, then it must have some factual basis. But you identify no factual basis regarding the dossier or the possibility that it was part of the Russia disinformation campaign. Now, Christopher Steele's reporting is referenced in your report. Steele reported to the FBI that senior Russian foreign ministry figures, along along with other Russians, told him that there was, and I'm quoting from the Steele dossier, extensive evidence of conspiracy between the Trump campaign team and the Kremlin. So here's my question. Did Russians really tell that to Christopher Steele, or did he just make it all up and was he lying to the FBI? Uh, Let me back up a second if I could and say, as I uh, said earlier, uh, with regard to the Steele, uh, uh, that's beyond my purview. No, it is exactly your purview, Director Mueller, and here's why. Only one of two things is possible, right? Either Steele made this whole thing up and there were never any Russians telling him of this vast criminal conspiracy that you didn't find, or Russians lied to Steele. Now, if Russians were lying to Steele to undermine our confidence in our duly elected president, that would seem to be precisely your purview because you stated in your opening that the organizing principle was to fully and thoroughly investigate Russia's interference. But you weren't interested in whether or not Russians were interfering through Christopher Steele. And if Steele was lying, then you should have charged him with lying like you charged a variety of other people. But you say nothing about this in your report. I feel like I got an everlasting gobstock where like stuck in my <laughs> Heimlich, self Heimlich maneuver. Woo! Wow. What? What just happened? What? You know, sometimes, Joe, I feel like our show is like Mystery Science Theater 3000, <laughs> where we're watching this movie and you and I are like these two robots commenting. What was that? <laughs> what just happened? He, Mueller has no idea clearly what Gates is even talking about. Gates summed it up beautifully. Either Steele's lying and was the victim of a Russian disinformation campaign uh-huh. to impact their election, or Steele's telling the truth and the Russians openly were engaged in an effort to impact our election. Mr. Mueller, I thought you were investigating Russian collusion. Oh, uh, that's beyond my purview. Gates is like, that's exactly your purview. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? 
This is a Smeals mainly moment. <laughs> this is his, you got to watch yesterday's show for the reference. He's just, he doesn't get it. Do you understand why this matters? Folks, as I said to a friend who shall remain nameless, um, when I was talking about this, the questions, everybody knew Mueller wasn't going to answer. It's the questions that matter. The questions are your statements. It's not Mueller's. Mueller's never going to answer because he doesn't have an answer. What is Mueller going to say? Yeah, we got worked over by Steele. Sorry. My bad. Like Nelson Muntz from The Simpsons. <laughs> but I said it. I mean, what's he going to do? He got worked. Yeah. So I said to this guy, don't worry about the answers. Just ask the questions. You have now millions of people watching who are going to say, People would open, I'm not talking about the tinfoil cap liberal. They're, they're, forget them. I always tell you, you're not debating liberals. You're debating for the third guy listening to you. There are independents out there who watch Gates and I'm sure said, wow, that makes a lot of sense. Mueller's investigating Russian collusion. Why isn't he investigating Steele? Uh, it's meals mainly. They don't know. There's no answer to that. All right, I've got, Two more from the hearing, and then we're going to move on. I've got a couple other things to get to. I don't want to batter you over the head with this stuff, but <laughs> mm-hmm. it is the most important hearing in the last two or three years. Yes, sir. And we need to do a good, thorough job so we can move on yep. to other important stuff like running the country and getting out good ideas out there. Um, today's show also sponsored by our buddies at War Dragons. War Dragons. This is an awesome, awesome game. If you're into gaming, folks, War Dragons is for you. It's a 3D real-time strategy video game right on your phone. Go to podcast.wardragons.com slash Bongino. Download it today. They have over 150 different dragons to breed and collect in the game, each with different attack styles, abilities, class, uh, classes. It's a lot of fun. For the month of July, War Dragons is partnering with StackUp, an organization dedicated to bringing military personnel, vets, and civilian supporters together through a shared love of video game. That's very nice of them. War Dragons will match all donations made through the link. The link is podcast.wardragons.com slash Bongino. Between July 4th and July 31st, up to a maximum of $10,000. Donors will also get an exclusive in-game portrait. Pretty cool. Can't donate but want to support Stack Up's work? Breeding your dragons in-game can also help contribute an additional $10,000 donation by War Dragons. Check this game out. It's really cool. Download War Dragons. Go to podcast dot wardragons.com slash bongino on your phone or tablet for more details on how to participate that's podcast.wardragons.com slash bongino folks game is cool you can attack and defend in real time unique team mechanics you can co-op attacks co-op defense check it out podcast.wardragons.com slash bongino i promise you'll like it really cool game um all right folks getting back to it so here is another just incredible piece of video of louis gomer just I don't even know how to describe what happened. Yeah. Go, I, I know Gomert well. Gomert's a good guy. Um, Gomert just go in beast mode. Um, he's completely fed up, Gomert, with Peter Stroke, the FBI investigator. Some guy gets upset. He emails me. It's Struck. It's Stroke. I don't care what his name is. He's Stroke on this show. I love your feedback. You're the best. It's Stroke. Gomert has no t- patience for Stroke at all. 
Stroke was the investigator on this case. He knew there was no there there in his own words, kept investigating, texting his girlfriend, engaged in totally unethical behavior. And Gomert has a real bug up his caboose for Stroke. So here's Gomert filleting Bob Mueller about Stroke, when he got fired, and what the heck this guy was doing on the team at all. Check this out. Did he mention the firing of James Comey in your discussion with him? Cannot remember. Pardon? Cannot remember. I don't believe so, you but don't, I'm not going to be specific. You don't remember. But if he did, you could have been a fact witness as to the president's comments and state of mind on firing James Comey. I suppose, uh, that's, I suppose that's possible. Yeah. So most prosecutors want to make sure there's no appearance of impropriety. Uh, but in your case, you hired a bunch of people that did not like the president. Uh, let me ask you, when did you first learn of Peter Strzok's animus toward Donald Trump? In the summer of uh, 2017. You didn't know before he was hired? I, I'm sorry? What did you... you didn't know before he was hired for your team? Uh, you know what? Peter Strzok hated Trump. Okay. You didn't know that before he was made part of your team. Is that what you're no, saying? I did not know that. All right. Uh, when did you and first learn? When, when he did find out, I, I acted uh, swiftly to have him reassigned elsewhere in the FBI. Well, there's some discussion about how swift that was. But when did you learn of the ongoing affair he was having with Lisa Page? Uh, about the same time I, okay. I, I learned um, from uh, Strzok. Did you ever order anybody to investigate the deletion of all of their texts off of their government uh, phones? Paula, can we get a beast mode alarm? Beast uh, mode and like a... We, <laughs> Joe, we need... Can, you, you remember you had your, your Nunes yeah. translator and the other stuff? Yeah. Can you do a beast mode alarm? Yeah. We need a beast mode alarm. Yeah. Beast mode. Beast, Louis Gomer going total beast mode. He has no patience whatsoever for Stroke and Comey, which I love. <laughs> because again, it was sad with Mueller. Yeah. But that listen, the, this, the Democrats did this, not us. And it's up to us to bring it. And Gomer brought the heat. There's not much to add to that other than we know Stroke was, this investigation was horrible. He was the lead investigator, was having an affair. We get it. I just wanted to put it out there that they did not, because I, you know, sometimes a lot of our anger is directed at the GOP too, notably so, especially for this crappy budget deal they're putting out there. But I'm telling you folks, they brought it yesterday. They brought out the relevant facts and they challenged Mueller. When did you fire this guy? When did you find out? And he asks him the key question, which Mueller doesn't answer because he can't. Because there are missing and deleted messages from Stroke's phone, did you investigate why? Notice what Mueller does, Joe. Oh? Looking around yeah. for help again. Huh? Yeah. He doesn't know what to say. There's no answer there. Because remember, when Hillary and Stroke and the Mueller team find deleted emails and texts, it's not a big deal. But God forbid Donald Trump doesn't turn over 10 million emails and misses one. It's a federal investigation. What a joke. Hat tip Louis Gomer for pointing it out. I saved the best for last. Um, this is a short one. It kind of cuts off a little bit at the end because I didn't want to go. A lot of, some of these videos are a little long and I didn't want to bombard you. You've had a lot yesterday. But this is, um, folks, it's a perfect time to extend the hat tip and a, and a big one. A sincere, heartfelt, strong hat tip. To a guy who has become a friend and is a good man, Devin Nunes. Devin. Hey, Devin. I mean it, man. You get a big round of applause from me. 
Nunes has been marshalling this investigation at great personal expense to himself. I mean, personally, I'm not talking about money wise. I mean, under relentless, ruthless assault by the tinfoil cap media and the hacks who hate him. Devin Nunes, this country owes a sincere, heartfelt debt of gratitude for staying on this and never letting this go. Now, Nunes had a lot to say yesterday. I'm not going to go through it all, but I'm going to hit these highlights. Nunes knows this case like no one else. And again, forget the answer. Mueller didn't have any answers to anything. He stumbled and fumbled embarrassingly through this whole Democrat clown show yesterday. Forget the answer here. The questions are the statements. They are the answers. And Nunes knows exactly what to ask. Now, folks, showing you that we have not wasted your time on this show for two years. I would, I, I'd have to go off the air if I did that like Rachel Maddow, who humiliated herself. There are three sets of people we've highlighted. We've highlighted a lot, but highlighted extensively. Joseph Mifsud, we'll talk about that in a little bit. We've only been talking about Mifsud for a year and a half. We've highlighted Natalia Veselnitskaya, the Russian lawyer who meets with Don Jr. Because Veselnitskaya is tied to the Clinton team. And we have highlighted recently... Christopher Steele admitting to the State Department, Kathleen Kavalek, that his sources were Trebnikov and Surkov, two Russian disinformation specialists. Now that you know that, and you've been listening to my show for a while, listen to Devin Nunes' question. That's really a statement. He knows Mueller's not going to answer, but now he knows the media is going to have to pay attention. Check this gem out. There's a guy named Glenn Simpson who's working for Hillary Clinton. Glenn Simpson... You know how many times Glenn Simpson met with Natalia Vlesnitskaya? Myself? No. Would it surprise you that the Clinton campaign dirty ops arm met with Natalia Vlesnitskaya more times than the Trump campaign did? Well, this is an area that I'm not going to get into, as I indicated at the outset. Did you ever interview Glenn Simpson? I'm, again, I'm going to pass on that. According to, I'm going to change topics here. Um, According to notes from the State Department official Kathleen Kavalak, Christopher Steele told her that former Russian intelligence head Trubnikov and... He knows exactly what happened in this case. And he refuses to give up. So Natalia Veselnitskaya, you spent, what, 3,500 words, Bob Mueller, in your report talking about this Russian lawyer that met with Don Jr.? Yet that Russian lawyer met with the guy hired by the Hillary team more times than they met with Trump. But that you're not concerned about that. I'm not going to answer. Of course, you're not going to answer that because you can't. Just like you couldn't answer Gomert about the deleted texts. You couldn't answer Radcliffe. You couldn't answer Ted Lieu. You couldn't answer anything because the investigation was a horrible, dishonorable witch hunt. It was awful. You did an awful job, a job, and sadly, it is going to stain your reputation for the rest of your life, and history will not be kind. I was almost, almost feeling bad for him. I'm sad for him, but I almost felt, until I realized the Democrats did this, not us. There's Nunes again. Folks, it's up to us, even though he's a congressman. I know he may not be your congressman in your district. Some of you is. I get a lot of emails. We get a lot of listeners in California. 
We have to support guys like that. I'm not telling you what to do with your money or your time, but there are a few of them left. Not everybody's going to be with us on every issue, but this Spygate scandal is the most important police state issue of our time. And this guy has been a beast on it. He knows exactly what to ask. Don't think for a second some independents weren't listening to that yesterday going, really? So the Russian that met with Don Jr. that the Democrats are telling us is evidence of a conspiracy actually met with Hillary's team more? Yeah, that's right. And as I said, cut it off at the end, but Trimnikov and Surkov are in there too, which he asks about. Promising you, I have not wasted your time. Our sources are awesome. Hat tip 279 and the other ones out there. You know who you are. All right, moving on. Um, so John Solomon, I wanted to get to this piece. It came out, uh, was it Wednesday night or so on Hannity? The misfit story, folks, is now blowing up again. Another tactical nuke dropped on the battlefield by John Solomon. This Hill piece about Joseph Misfit. Uh, headline, Robert Mueller soon may be exposed as the, mag- as the magician of omission on Russia. This piece came out before his testimony. Yeah, this is a gem. It is in the show notes. Please look it up. Please subscribe to my email list at Bongino.com. I will send you these articles every day. I pick the five to seven best ones out there. They're also at my website if you want to check them out. Here's the the, the gist of, of his article. Joseph Mifsud starts this whole thing. Joseph Mifsud allegedly told Papadopoulos back in 2016, in, uh, in, in, in early 2016, in the spring, a Papadopoulos, a Trump advisor, told him about these Russian, the Russians got dirt on Hillary. That story's disputed by everybody involved. Nobody believes it anymore. Even Mifsud doesn't. But even playing the Democrats' game, the Democrats' whole conspiracy theory is Mifsud and, and Mullers, by the way, and Comey's too. Mifsud was working for the Russians. The Russians had dirt on Hillary. Mifsud told Papadopoulos, and therefore Papadopoulos was like an accessory to this crime because they were trying to trade this campaign information. You get it? Mm-hmm. Joe, makes sense? Oh, yeah. It's as simple oh, yeah. as that. Oh, yeah. Easy. Ladies and gentlemen, the core of this whole story, to hook everybody in, long fraud, to hook everybody in, is that Mifsud had to be working for the Russians. It can't be a collusion conspiracy if Mifsud's trafficking information for the Russians if Mifsud's not working for the Russians. You dig? <laughs> not hard, right? That'll do it. Let's pull up. <laughs> yeah, that'll do. Thank you. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, that's, there we go. Who got the pepperoni from the John Solomon piece? Sorry, article. Guy doesn't like it when I say peace. Another guy emailed. See, I read your emails. I hate it when you say peace. A piece of what? From the article. I'll make you happy for today. Miss Sud was, quote, a longtime cooperator of Western Intel. Western, meaning friendlies, not Russian. Who was asked specifically by his contacts at Lincoln Rome, the university, and the London Center, two academic groups with ties to Western diplomacy and intelligence, to meet with Papadopoulos at a dinner in Rome in mid-March 2016, Miss Sud's lawyer told Solomon. It goes on. It gets even better. A May 2019 letter from Devin Nunes to U.S. Intel officials corroborates some of Rose's account, revealing photos showing that the FBI conducted training at Link in the fall of 2016 and that Mifsud and other Link officials met regularly with world leaders, including Boris Johnson, elected today as Britain's new 
prime minister, a picture of which was shown at Mueller's hearing yesterday. Ladies and gentlemen, if you believe this story that Mifsud was a Russian agent, I am sorry, but you are a sucker. Joe, I, Paula, Joe, me, Paula, we have been talking about this for a year and a half now. Audience archivist Judy's always sending me shows. Look, you talked about this in episode whatever, 630. Six, we're at episode 1030. Mifsud was not a Russian agent, folks. His connections are to Western Intel people. His lawyer is on the record with photos of Mifsud with Western friendlies. Boris Johnson. He worked at the Link University where the FBI conducted training. Folks, can I ask you a common sense question? I'm a former investigator. You don't have to be one to figure this out. All right. If Joseph Mifsud is a Russian agent involved in the trafficking of Hillary Clinton's emails and the biggest political conspiracy of our time, and he was working at a university where the FBI conducts training and Western diplomats frequent, where's the damage assessment? I'm not kidding. It's mm. not a joke. Where's the damage assessment? Now, I was not an Intel official. I was a Secret Service agent. I dealt with Intel people often, all the time, for reasons beyond the scope of this podcast. I've explained it in other shows. You go overseas, you have to deal with the CIA. You don't, You want to because they have the Intel on the ground. I'll leave it there. I know how they work. I was not one, but I'm intimately familiar with how they work. Ladies and gentlemen, when you have an incident where you may have been infiltrated by a Russian agent, there is a damage assessment done. What information does he or she have? Have they accessed computers? Have they compromised sources? Where was the damage assessment on Mifsud if he was a Russian agent teaching at an academy frequently frequented by FBI and friendlies? The answer is, ladies and gentlemen, I will bet you dollars to donuts there wasn't one. Why? Because Mifsud was not a Russian agent. That's why. And people at the FBI are not going to sign their John Hancock on a form that he is when he's not. Comey can say it all he wants in his book. So can Mueller. There is no evidence that Mifsud is a Russian agent. Now, to be fair and give you the entire picture, unlike the hacks in the media, there is substantial evidence, evidence, excuse me, that Mifsud knew people in Russia, had relationships in Russia. Folks, nobody should run for that. That's not a crime. It's not even close to a crime. Joe knows people in Russia. So mm -hmm. do I. A Russian guy, when I did a presidential visit back in 2000, gave me his officer watch. I thought there was like a bug in it at the time. <laughs> I still have it somewhere. It's not a crime to know Russians. Knowing Russians and saying Mifsud is working with the Russian government to impact the U.S. election, trafficking in Hillary's emails, are two entirely distant, completely different universes. There is no evidence Mifsud is a Russian agent. None. There's lots of evidence he knows Russians. Those are not the same thing. Gosh, is this hard? Is this hard to figure out? Even worse from Solomon's piece, as he indicates, Mueller's report seems to indicate that, oh, you know, Ms. Sud was setting this whole thing up with the Russians to meet with Papadopoulos. Go back and rewind the tape. That's not what Solomon says in his piece. 
Solomon's article is completely different, Joe. It says the link people asked Miss Sud to set the meeting up. Miss mm. Sud didn't push it. Joe, kind of a different story, isn't it? Mm. Oh, he was working with the Russians. Well, actually, the link people told him to do it. <sighs> Second portion of the Solomon article here. A few days after the March dinner, they're talking about the March dinner between Miss Sud and Papadopoulos, where this whole fiasco allegedly starts here. A few days after the March dinner, Rose, Miss Sud's lawyer, added, Miss Sud received instructions from Link superiors to, quote, put Papadopoulos in contact with Russians. Oh, my gosh. If there was ever a smoking gun, this is it. So the Link campus that works with the FBI and is frequented by Western Intel and friendlies instructed him, Miss Sud, to put Papadopoulos in contact with Russians? Ladies and gentlemen, it kind of sounds like a setup to me, doesn't it? Yeah, daddy. We've only been saying it for a year and a half. Welcome to the party, pal, to quote Bruce Willis and Sergeant Al. Solomon goes on. Including a think tank figure named Yvonne Timoviev and a woman he was instructed to identify to Papadopoulos as Vladimir Putin's niece. Oh, this gets just juicy. Miss Sud knew the woman was not the Russian president's niece, but rather a student who was involved with both the Link and LCILP campus. And the professor believed there was an effort underway to determine whether Papadopoulos was an agent provocateur seeking foreign contacts, Rowe said. Folks, this story on Miss Sud, which was hammered yesterday by the fantastic Jim Jordan, another stunningly good member of Congress, you, the story you've been told about Ms. Sud. Ms. Sud's working with Russians, connects with the Trump team, traffics in Hillary's emails or says he's going to, is a lie. He was told to set up the meeting. He was told to set up Papadopoulos. Tell this guy that's Putin's niece. He knew it wasn't Putin's niece. They told him to say it. Who's told him to say it? According to his own lawyer, Ms. Sud's lawyer, the Link Campus people, who, by the way, the Link Campus where the FBI works, and Western Intel officials, friendlies, frequent it. Folks, don't be a sucker. Please. Please don't be a sucker for this delusional Russia hoax. Masud, the Masud story is dead. I told you this was a setup. It's all laid out in my first book on this Spygate and my second book, Exonerated. Soup to nuts. Every step of this is laid out. I wrote Spygate with Denise and Matt. I wrote that book a year and a half ago. Everything in there has come true. You will debunk nothing in that book. Exonerated's the same way. We were way ahead of this story. Thank you to my sources. Seriously. All right, folks. Uh, I got more for you here. I, I just want to get to this, the, how the Mueller, the footnotes in this Mueller thing tell another completely horrendous. You're going to laugh. I'll go through that quick. And I got an update on that NYPD story the other day. A good update. So don't go anywhere. Finally, today's show brought to you by our buddies at Brick House Nutrition. Where's my Brick House? Hold on a second. I got to find my Brick House. Where is it? Here it is. All right. Brick House Nutrition. Brick House Nutrition. Love Brick House Nutrition. Foundation. This will be the foundation of your nutrition plan. Listen, why do you take supplements? Huh? Why do you take? You don't just throw them away. Why do you take supplements? Hmm. 
That's just that was the fan, folks. I didn't break any windows. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you take supplements, right? For three reasons: you want to look better, you want to feel better, and you want to perform better. What if I told you Foundation does all that? They have been my original sponsor from day one. You know, I'm 6'1", 230 pounds. I'd be 6'1", 220 pounds without foundation. And I'm not talking about lard. This stuff is awesome. You will, And it's for women too, folks. You will look better. Your muscles will have that hard tone look to them. You will perform better in the gym. Listen, you don't believe me? Fine, I get it. You know, sponsors, this is the original company. These guys feel like mm-hmm. brothers with these miles and at Brickhouse because they've been with me from the beginning. Take the seven-day mirror test, okay? Before you try Brickhouse, I implore you, go look in the mirror. Take a little mental snapshot. You don't take pictures or anything if it weirds you out, you know? Whatever. Take a mental snapshot of how you look in the mirror. Come back seven days later. Give it a little time to load. It loads in your system. You're going to be like, darn, that is a big difference. I'm not kidding. I get emails about it all the time. The stuff is spectacular. Joe, doesn't little Joe love it? He loves it, Little Joe's soon to be Leatherneck. Mm -hmm. Little Joe's not little Joe anymore. Joe's son. Yeah, I was little Joe when I met him. He's going to be big Joe soon. <laughs> the stuff is fantastic. I hate to keep throwing his name, but it's true. He loves it. Yeah. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Pick up your jar of foundation today. Don't accept second best. You'll have a limited life on this planet. Look your best, feel your best, perform your best. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Okay. Um. I want to go to this real clear. Was it real clear politics or real clear investigations piece about Mueller's footnotes? Can you throw that up, Paul? I, hmm. I covered this so many days ago in our pre-show meetings. I'm forgetting the, the, the honestly the context of the story. The Mueller footnotes. There it is. Eric Felton, real clear investigations. Thank you, Paul. You saved me there. The shaky standing of Mueller's footnotes. This is a great, great piece, Eric Felton, Real Clear Investigations. Again, it's in the footnotes, uh, either yesterday's or today's. Please, I'm mean, not in the footnotes, excuse me, I got an itch there. In the show notes, either yesterday or today's show, it is so worth your time. Here's the takeaway from the piece. Mueller hid a lot of his embarrassing details of his now entirely discredited report. He hid the embarrassing details, show in the footnotes, thinking nobody was going to read them. Mm -hmm. Now, I did. I did because I know the trick. (laughs) I know exactly how that works. But I got to be honest with you. This guy felt and picked out things that, I guess, in going through 400 pages, we just didn't, they didn't ring a bell at the time. Uh So Felton, Eric Felton, good job. Here are a couple takeaways from the, I forgot what I, I got to switch over my page here. Here we go. This is yesterday's. Here's footnote number 1024 from Felton's piece. This is fantastic. Let me just set this up. Keep that up on the screen for a second. Remember George Nader, the guy who yeah. was accused of all these sex crimes? Yeah. Mueller used this guy as a source. Nader's represented by Obama's lawyer, Catherine Rumler, and a fixer. Right. You remember the George Nader story, right? Here's a footnote, 1024 on page 150 of Mueller's report. George Nader on January 22nd, 2018, the FBI 302. There's a reference to FBI's memo known as the 302 of a January interview with George Nader, identified in the Mueller report as advisor to the UAE crown prince. This is funny, Joe. So they're trying to establish Russian collusion. Listen to how flimsy this is. This is in a footnote. Nader, I'm going to say this in a nefarious tone. Nader spoke with a Russian who was attending the 2016 World Chess Championships in New York. (gasps) And that Russian expressed an interest in meeting Trump. (gasps) Nader also told the FBI that an unnamed Chess Federation official, quote, had recalled hearing from an unknown attendee 
that Trump had stopped by the tournament. Oh, oh. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, this reminds me of... Remember the look of shock in The Amazing Spider-Man 2 when Sally Field busts in the room on Andrew Garfield and he's got the smoke on his face? And she goes, what happened, Peter? And he goes, oh, I was cleaning the chimney. She goes, we don't have a chimney. He goes, what? 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 That's your footnote? This is, in a, this is in the report. Jeez. You can look it up. Go to the Mueller report. Footnote 1024. A guy now accused of... Devastating sex crimes, who's being represented by Obama's fixer, told the FBI in January that another guy told him he recalled hearing that Trump wanted to stop by a, a chess tournament in New York <laughs> that a Russian dude was at. That, folks, this is real. This is not a joke. This is not the Dan Bongino comedy hour. That's <sighs> a real footnote. <laughs> a dude accused of sex crimes. Represented by Obama's lawyer, told a dude that another dude told him another dude recalled hearing that Trump wanted to stop by a chess tournament that a Russian was at. <laughs> Any major dude will tell you. <laughs> we haven't. I have. I, you know, I haven't busted out. The, I'm sorry. Oh. I don't know the, the illegal procedure sign. I'm sorry. Someone's <laughs> got to send me a diagram. But that's a 15-yarder. Repeat first down. What's up here? Illegal procedure. I just made a new sign. Illegal procedure. 15 yards. Repeat first down. That's a real footnote, folks. To it, Why would you even humiliate yourself? You may be asking yourself this now. Fair enough. Why would you put that in there? Now that I'm done laughing at that. No, I Folks, you put it in there because they don't have anything else. You think Mueller, Mueller's not dumb, okay? He's not. He conducted a dishonorable investigation and frankly embarrassed himself on the hill. It was sad. It was sad to watch. Mueller is not dumb. Mueller and Weissman put that in there, folks, and hit it in the footnotes because they don't have anything else. Oh, my gosh. Here's another footnote where he floats conspiracy theories about why Trump allegedly obstructed an investigation. Mueller said on the record, he never obstructed. Check this out from the Felton piece. This is footnote 500. It states in particular, Michael Cohen was a potential subject of investigation because of his pursuit of a Trump tower, Moscow project and involvement in other activities and facts uncovered in the Russian investigation, which our office referred to the Southern district of New York ultimately led to the conviction of Cohen in the Southern district of New York for campaign finance operations related to the president. He said he made at the direction of the president. Let me go to the top. They considered go back to that for a second. I read it kind of out of order for a reason. We considered whether the president's intent in firing Comey was connected to other conduct that could come to light as the result of the FBI's Russia interference investigation. Folks, let me let me translate Mueller speak, Weissman speak, Zebley, yeah, yeah. Jeannie Reese speak, we what that means. Because I, that whole, I, yeah. I thank you. As yeah. an audience ombudsman, this is your job, right? Yeah. What Mueller's saying there is although there was no effort to obstruct the investigation into collusion because collusion didn't exist, he floats a conspiracy theory that Trump obstructed the investigation because he was afraid Michael Cohen would talk about other conspiracy theories uh, that he referred out that might exist. You you dig? Yeah, now that you're In explained words, it, yeah. 
Yeah. You, you get it? Okay. Mueller knows collusion's a hoax. He has right. to admit it in part one of his report. There's nothing there. So it's hard in part two, an obstruction case, for him to make a case that Trump obstructed a crime, an investigation to a crime that didn't happen. So what Mueller does in the footnote, which Felton geniusly points out, this was great, is he floats a conspiracy theory, like acting like Sigmund Freud here, <laughs> talking about the hidden superego. He gets in Trump's head and he figures that, no, no, Trump is really obstructing, not to hide the crime that didn't happen that we're investigating, but subsequent crimes that we referred out later that may be connected to Trump, but we can't prove are connected to Trump because we're not charging Trump. That's If that doesn't make sense All to right. you, it shouldn't, because it was a total conspiracy theory by Mueller. Yeah. And an embarrassing one at that. Bob. It, and the reason we know it's embarrassing is it, it's embedded in the footnotes that, in little tiny print at the bottom. Some, You know, this what? time it is a cigar. Just a cigar. You know? What? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sometimes a cigar. It's just a cigar. Oh, it. yes. Oh, yes. I know exactly what you're saying. You know, baby. Okay. <laughs> Let's let that one stew a minute. Huh? Yes, we shall. Going back to today's notes. It's the book. Should auction this book off, Paula, for like a vet charity. I don't think I have any personal info. Right? That would be cool. This is the book. This is the Bible of the Dan Bongino show right here. <laughs> right. I got we're actually going in order. Lately, we've been doing good. Mm-hmm. I want to give you an update on two quick things. Okay. Number one, the NYPD story, that disgraceful video we showed you the other day. Those cops being attacked with buckets, having water thrown on them. A couple idiots email me. They're libs that listen to the show. Listen, you're welcome here, but it's a dumb email. Oh, so what? They threw water on them. Uh, folks, are you serious? Are you serious? You don't know what was in there. These are cops. They have to have firearms that function, equipment that works. So now you're going to throw water. I mean, defending this is is so beyond asinine. I didn't even respond to the emails. I was like, what? This is so dumb. Just delete this stupidity. You went right to junk for that one. Um, But these guys that thought they got away with it did not. The New York Post, here's a piece up. It'll be in the show notes. Multiple suspects in custody for dousing the NYPD cops with water. All right. Folks. Thank God. All right. Yeah. Listen, I know Nikita de Blasio is the worst mayor in the country. The guy's a disgrace to the human gene code. Um, He's a disgrace to humankind. He's a disgrace to mammals. Um, He's a disgrace to oxygen-breathing respiratory function organisms. He's a disgrace to multicellular organisms, single-celled organisms, the animal kingdom. De Blasio is an apocalypse for the DNA code, okay? Nikita de Blasio is a disaster. Point stipulated. But my experience with the NYPD working there is they aren't going to take crap from this mayor anymore. They are going to do their jobs. They are going to do it effectively. They're going to do it professionally. And these guys were not going to get away with this. And they didn't. And as it turned out, the men that were arrested, you can read it in the report. One of them's alleged to be a gang member, of course, which shouldn't surprise anybody. That's why when I harped on the other day, the broken windows theory. Oh, so what? It was just a bucket of water. So what? It was just a turnstile jumper. Broken windows policing, which Rudy Giuliani implemented, changed all of that. There was no more so what's. Everybody who commits a crime got locked up. Because why, folks? Because they were probably the gang member shooting a joint up the next day. This guy's alleged to be a gang member. Everybody's innocent till proven guilty, unlike the liberals. But read the allegations in the post piece. They are very serious. It's not just a bucket of water. Wake up if you think otherwise. 
Okay, final story of the day because I owe you some commentary on this. And as more details of it come out on Friday's show, I'll hope, hopefully I'll get into it. By the way, Friday, I will be on The Five. Please watch it. I promise you some flames. Um, I think I don't know who's going to be there, Juan or whoever else. But Friday, The Five, 5 p.m. Eastern on Fox. Uh, I'll be flying up, flying back same day. Um, please don't miss it. I'm getting all pent up, ready to rock and roll. So don't <laughs> miss right. the five. And I'll be on Hannity tonight at my regular Thursday night hit. So check that out. The budget deal that yeah. they've uh, they've apparently reached is a disaster, folks. Um, some quick takeaways from it. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't. I. You know. I support the president, but I don't know why I can't support the administration on this. It's a disaster. I don't know what they agreed to. It busts the budget caps, the sequester, what you'll call, you'll you'll hear, excuse me, referred to on TV as the BCA, the Budget Control Act, signed by Obama. Believe it or not, when the, with the Republican-led House, that put caps, a lid on government spending. They blew they they blew these caps out of the water and have added another three hundred and twenty billion over two years in spending. Ladies and gentlemen, we're walking off a cliff. Here's a piece was in the show notes on Monday. Art of the budget deal. Trump Pelosi agreed to up spending in debt. No. The president has already stated on the record that he was not going to sign another deal like this. I understand he's in a bind with the House. But folks, we cannot watch the country walk off a cliff into a debt abyss like this. I'm sorry. Now, the president said that he's going to tackle this after this re-election. It's, uh, no, it's too late. We need to tackle this now. The funding for the border wall is, is, is largely absent. The funding for the military is decent, which is important. But folks, it blows the budget caps out of the water. I've been getting a lot of emails on this. It is a bad deal. Please email your congressmen and your senators. This is a bad deal. No deal. This is a guaranteed bankruptcy deal. No more. Institute. So, Dan, what's your suggestion? Fair enough. You want the budget caps and the sequester caps. You want them instilled. We have to do it. I'm sorry. Military, we have to do it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry, we have to do it. We are going bankrupt. You want the budget caps reinstituted. Something's got to give. All right, I promised another stack show on Friday. I've got a lot of material, been pent up the entire week. So I really appreciate it. Thanks to everyone who picked up my second book, by the way, on pre order, Exonerated. We smoked it up the charts on Amazon the other day. I really appreciate that. You're a really loyal fan base. It means a lot to me. Please subscribe to our show, youtube.com slash Mongino, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, iHeart, SoundCloud as well. It's all free. It helps us move up the charts and helps other people find us. Thanks a lot. I'll see you on Friday. Take it easy. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud and follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.